just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow, but we're joined now by Taunton Mayor Shauna O'Connell. Hey, Mayor O'Connell. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? Good. Thanks so much for joining me this this evening. Oh, you got it. So um, one of the things I wanted to start with is, uh, you know, I think it was last week there was an incident uh, up in the uh, your public uh, library, one of your public libraries in Taunton, where there was a drag queen story time. And it was protested by um, uh, neo-Nazis. Uh, I didn't just was wondering what your reaction was to that and moving forward, how the city's going to deal with incidents such as that. It was a very disturbing incident. We condemn the actions of the protesters that came uh, in their tactics and their hate speech. And so we are working with the police department, uh, the library and the um, South Coast LGBTQ Plus Network to, you know, see what we can do um, in the future to ensure that everyone feels safe in the city of Taunton and um, at the public library. So we're speaking with Taunton Mayor Sean O'Connell. So um, one of the things I was really interested in is this uh, new charter uh, that um, that the city council, uh, well, the mayor and the city council, you, the mayor and the city council have approved. It's gone through the home rule petition process in the state house to Governor's Baker's desk, back down to you guys, um, and it's going to go in front of the uh, the rest of um, the the people in Taunton for a ballot referendum. One of the things on it is it's going to change your term as mayor from a two-year term to a four-year term. We recently had that change down here in New Bedford. Why did you think that was important? Well, you know, mayor is an executive position, and it's um, you know there's a, there's a lot of work to do in running a city, and having two years to really get projects going to make substantive changes and to see what the, the results. It, it, it makes it difficult to have that consistency and move your policy agenda forward and make the changes that are needed, positive changes uh, in city government. And, you know, I think a lot of people would agree that a four-year term is really um, what's called for for a mayor's position. Yeah, so this would take uh, effect after this term, right? So if you were reelected this term, then you'd be serving a two-year term? Up until uh, up until the next re-election, is that how it works? Um, I believe so, because the, the charter has to be in place, and then there has yeah. So so I would have another if I'm re-elected, uh, would have another two-year term um, in November, and then the next mayor, um, whether that be me or someone else, would begin a four-year term. So Taunton's a little different than New Bedford. It's it kind of is very similar to a lot of towns like Fairhaven and Dartmouth, where um, you know, a lot of your positions like planning board uh, and that are um, are, ele- uh, are elected positions. You have an elected planning board and some other positions in town. Um, so you guys have done staggered elections. So um, that means there's going to be elections every single year in, right. in, in the city. So how is that going to work? And uh, why do you think that's going to be an effective way uh, for people to pick their representatives? Well, there are elections in the city every single year anyway. Um, And, you know, we're really looking at it. And 
Let me, let me begin by saying, actually, that a charter advisor committee was put together with people from all, you know, from different backgrounds, different points of view, different political ideations, uh, ideologies. And so there was a lot of robust discussion about every change made in that charter. There were many public meetings, public forums, uh, a lot of city council meetings as they went through the charter. So it was a very well thought out uh, the, the changes that were made. Uh, we, I think the kind of underlying impetus of doing staggered terms is that rather than having, especially on city council, uh, candidate, you could have 18 candidates that are running for city council. And if you're a newcomer or you're not well known, uh, it is very difficult to kind of rise above as one of the nine elected candidates. This makes it much easier for people to run for office and for new people to get elected to office. So we think it's a real benefit to the entire community to have staggered terms like this. And at the same time, you, you really you retain the, the knowledge because it's every three years, just three of the seats turn over. And there are term limits for all positions uh, that are elected. Am I correct on that? Yes, you are. So, And there were um, already term limits for the mayor. Uh, I think some people debated that a little bit. But, you know, one of the reasons we really needed to revise our charter because there's just some things that really are not clear in the charter, and it has not been revised in any substantive way since 1909. So we yeah. are operating under, you know, city government structure that's over 100 years old, and it just doesn't serve the best interests of our community any longer. So why not um, do what a lot of cities do? Like, you, you know, have instead of having elected board of health, why not go through like a city council appointment process? Why still have all these, this excessive elected positions uh, yeah. in the city? For the zoning and the planning? Yeah. Uh, you know, that that came up, and it didn't seem to be very popular. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was not opposed to that. We also, or they also, because I, I didn't, you know, it was really community-led. Yeah. Um, but they also talked about doing a hybrid kind of board where, you know, four members would be elected and three would be appointed. And it, people just decided to stick with what it was because they, you know, were not confident that that would be something that would you know the community would accept so we're speaking with uh taunton mayor shauna o'connell so after going through this process um why put it on a ballot referendum uh why not just adopt it i mean we, we had a home rule petition uh process here in Fairhaven to expand our select board for to three to five uh and i don't believe anybody voted on it i think it's just something that was passed in town meeting went back, went to the, to the state house and then came back why put it why put it in front of uh why why do a whole uh, ballot referendum process well there there's a couple of different processes uh and there's two way to two ways to uh, to revise your charter the route that we took was with the advisory committee and then it had to pass our city council through the legislature be signed by the governor and come back to the people of Taunton to vote on it. So that, that's the process. We didn't make up that process. That's the process that we need to follow because it's put in place by the legislature. Okay. So um, uh, moving on, when I, when, I, when I had met you, you were uh, at uh, an event with uh, Moore Healy and Kim Driscoll. Uh, they were, it was one of their pre-inaugural events. It was in your home city of Taunton. You guys were preparing some uh, 
foods and, and, and school supply packages for needy communities uh, in the Taunton area. Um, what do you expect uh, f- uh, in, in, uh, from uh, a Healy Driscoll administration for Taunton and other cities in southeastern Massachusetts? Well, we, we were thrilled that they came to Taunton and to the Boys and Girls Club. And I think it really illustrates that they are serious about kind of paying attention to the whole entire state and aren't going to concentrate just on one or two different areas. So, the, you know, the, the southeastern Massachusetts has always, I think, felt a little bit ignored. Uh, I think the Baker-Polito uh, administration changed that quite a bit. I agree. And Governor Healy and Lieutenant Governor Driscoll have said that they really agree with, you know, kind of the way uh, Baker and Polito interacted with communities and was really a partner with communities and that they plan on doing that same exact thing. And that's that's what they have shown so far. And I think that's wonderful because, you know, as mayors, it's our job to advocate for our cities. And that's our um, one of the important uh, priorities for all of us. And the Healy Driscoll administration has already really kind of extended that collaboration to us. So, uh, Mayor O'Connell, um, you're a member of the of the Republican Party. There's been some turmoil going on in the statewide Republican Party. Do you have any opinions on who you think should lead the party? Do you have any input on that uh, situation? You know, as mayor, you kind of get a little bit removed from that kind of stuff. Uh, so I really haven't been very involved in that. What I would like to see is people you know, move forward and make gains. And, you know, in Taunton, I, I have a nonpartisan position. People right. really don't look at me as Shauna O'Connell, the Republican. They look at me as Shauna, a lifelong Tontonian uh, who is our mayor and really cares a great deal about our city. Uh, so that's really where I concentrate my efforts. So um, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about was South Coast Rail. Uh, we, you know, we're getting it down here uh, in, in New Bedford. Uh, there's going to be a stop in Taunton. Um, I know you were on with uh, Barry, and Barry's a little bit more pessimistic about what South Coast Rail could bring than I am. But what do you expect South Coast Rail to bring uh, to the region uh, when it arrives later this year? Well, we are expecting significant developments around our South Coast Rail Station. And it's really an opportunity for people to to travel, you know, more easily and when they haven't been able to. So for people to, you know, from Taunton to travel to Fall River and New Bedford and vice versa, and also from, you know, uh, north to Boston as well and to here. So, so I think it's an opportunity and we have to take advantage of it in every way that we can. Do you um, are you expecting a second station uh, in in downtown Taunton? Is that something that you you guys are advocating for? I, I thought that was uh, part of the discussion um, throughout this uh, throughout this process. We have advocated for that. That was really our priority to have that station, uh, the one at the uh, where it's going right now, kind of in the East Taunton area. Mm-hmm. Um, was not ideal for us, but you know, of course, we appreciate having South Coast Rail come here. So we are looking forward to phase two, which is how the Baker Polito administration had planned it. And we do hope that that is going to continue to go forward because that will bring South Coast Rail right through the downtown in Taunton. And that will be a a huge benefit to us as far as um, development and housing, uh, commercial and retail. 
So one of the things that uh, Taunton is facing is, along with other cities, is a is a major housing crisis. What are you expecting uh, from the state, and uh, you know how are you guys looking uh, working to combat that uh, in Taunton? Well, the Healy uh, Driscoll administration has, seems to be making that a priority uh, to address. So we're grateful for that. And one thing that really helps us, Taunton, is a gateway city, and. The, the programs at the state level really help with development. We need all different types of housing. We need low-income housing. We need affordable housing, workforce housing, or market rate housing. So the programs that are available right now, what we need is for the legislature to continue to fund them and to really increase the funding in what's called the HDIP program that helps to produce market rate housing in cities, especially in your downtowns, because market rate housing is something that will really be an economic driver in uh, communities and especially in a downtown area. Uh, I believe that's uh, our time for the evening. Mayor O'Connell, I do appreciate you joining me uh, talking about what's going on just a few miles uh, up north of this station. I look forward to having more conversations with you in the future. Okay, thanks, Mark. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, there's some interesting developments. I was just talking to Adam Bass. He's he's in studio now. He's, you know, banging away at his keyboard, getting that uh, article out for you guys uh, so that you can read it on WBSM.com. Uh, appreciate him going to the meetings. You know, obviously, I can't be there. I'm here um, covering it. But there's some interesting developments and in that in that meeting I, uh, from based on what Adam's told me. And so we're going to talk more about that. Listen to us live. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. So the, the MBT, we're, uh, I think Adam Bass, if he finishes his piece, is going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. But the MBTA vote, uh, the vote for the MBTA bridge, which was $21 million of free money from the MBTA, was um, approved 6-4 to four by the council. Um, I think a no-brainer, uh, but... Um, and we'll talk to Adam about, apparently he got some comments from the counselors on that. One of the things I thought was interesting is apparently what Adam told me is they sent back the Board of Health nominee back to committee, Pam Cavanaugh. Now, if you remember, she she was there for, um, uh, she was there, uh, she was there to report place i believe patricia andrade was termed out based on because she's no longer a resident of the city um which makes sense obviously i mean you know we talked just talked to john o'connell may have taught and all their all their board of health and all those boards they're all elected so you've got to live in the in the city there here in fairhaven all of our boards our board of health and all that's elected so you got to live in the city but it would it's kind of weird to set rules for a, a place that you don't live in but um what's interesting is they set they sent her back Apparently because they had asked her questions. Now, this is something Chris and I talked about a little bit. They sent her questions on safe and uh, they, they asked her questions on safe injection sites. And whether or not she supported safe injection sites. And apparently asked her questions about parallel products, you know, which is a major, but a major issue in Ward 1 for, for years, even though. You know, it's been more or less resolved, uh, I think, based on the deal that the mayor had struck with, um, had struck with parallel products. But 
with the safe injection site, so there's a state law that's been, it's not something that's really all that close to being enshrined into law yet. Um, so it was something, I think it was filed in the last session. So uh, all the bills have to be refiled in the state house now. And there's like a, I think the deadline was last, like last Friday to refile everything, all the bills in the state house. And so um, one of the, one of the legislation, uh, one of the, one of the um, bills was, or maybe there was a couple of them. One of the legislation was putting safe injection sites, legalizing safe injection sites in Massachusetts, right? Obviously, New Bedford would be a place where safe injection sites would be practical because there's a lot of people, there's, you know, there's a high concentration of people who are struggling with addiction. So safe injection sites are meant to curb... Uh, overdoses uh, allows people to basically have a supervised consumption of illicit drugs uh, that they're addicted to um, with a medical team on staff and all of that to, you know, better ensure that while they're in the throes of their addiction, they're not dying. So that's something that was brought up in the Ward 3 race actually, because uh, uh, Jake Ventura had issued a press release saying that they need to question the uh, Board of Health nominee on safe injection sites and uh, whether or not they support him. Because based on these laws, apparently, it's not going to be the mayor or the city council who support uh, who who approve a, a safe injection site. The city council, I believe, has overwhelmingly been on the record against safe injection sites. There's been some changeover since that vote was last taken, but I thought it was a unanimous vote the last time it was taken. They overwhelmingly voted, uh, voted against whether uh, keeping safe injection sites in the city. So uh, in the city in general. So um, they're against that, but based on, it's kind of like the methadone clinic, right? Where the council had issued a, you know, um, resolution which is basically just like a statement saying something it's like a group resolutions like a group of people shouting something uh but it's because there's nothing they could do about it uh resolution going coming out against the methadone clinic and they couldn't do anything with the methadone clinic because it was all up to the zoning board of appeals and then there's going to be some various litigation and all that i can't imagine uh so one of the based on the law that the laws that have been the the bills that have been proposed again this isn't you know this is in the early stages of development i imagine it'd be a multi-year project like if that bill were to be passed tomorrow right safe injection sites bam are legal tomorrow state house votes for it governor he state House votes for it goes right to the governor healy's desk she signs it right i still imagine that to be like at least a year or a multi-year process um, to get that off the ground, get the regulations off the ground, kind of like the marijuana industry, although that hasn't gone all that well. But I imagine it's probably a multi-year process starting that whole starting that whole thing. Safe injection sites have been a thing that have been introduced in, you know, in some places very discreetly and illicitly and in some places fully within the color of the law. Um, 
in a lot of countries in the EU, they support safe injection sites and they have shown, you know, there's a statistical correlation between the presence of safe injection sites in communities. It's in Canada too. Like uh, I think Canada's it's called uh, insight. Um, the, the, I think there's a correlation between the presence of safe injection sites in a community and the, and the, um, the, a reduction in overdose deaths in the, um, in the Commonwealth. But apparently she didn't have a straight answer on that. She didn't have a straight answer on the safe injection sites, whether or not she supported them. We're getting a text. Yep. So we might hear from Scott Lima in a second. Um, so I think that's an interesting development. I believe uh, I just got a text from Scott Liam. I believe he's calling and he wants to talk about the MBTA bridge. It's, I think he's one of the people that voted against it. So I got some questions for him. So I hope he does call in. Just waiting for him to call in. Scott, call in. Scott, you can call in. Please call in, Scott. There you are. Hey, Scott. Scott. Hey, how are you? Hey, you're on the air. So, um, so Scott, uh, you voted against the MBTA bridge. Um, it seems like a no-brainer to me. It's $21 million. It's fully paid for by the, MBT, uh, by the, by the state, and it provides access to South Coast Rail. Why did you vote against it? That's why I called in. <laughs> Hopefully to get ahead of the story. So this is, first of all, you have to look at the first vote. The mm-hmm. first vote, which was five to five, was a vote to continue this item to February 1st, which is next Wednesday. That's six days from now. And it would be a special city council meeting where this would be the only item on the agenda. And city councils would have an opportunity to speak to people. I want to talk to the person who designed the bridge. She was on Ward 5. That vote failed five to five. So that's what five of us councilors were asking for was an opportunity to discuss this in a public forum next week. I think the deadline that the state has to hear from us by is February 8th. So that would be a week after that. Then the second vote comes up and it's not a vote against the bridge. And that's why I called in because I get worried about reporting. And that's what I'm hearing that. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that from a, I'm hearing that from a colleague. So, right. and that's why I called in because I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what, what, what Adam's going to say. What I did was I voted against taking a, basically taking a vote tonight on yes or no. So what happens is, is the vote was five to five to send it to a special city council meeting. That failed. And then the vote to pass was six to four. So one person flipped their vote because you want to be on the winning side of it. You don't want Marcus Farrow to say you voted against the bridge. <laughs> but, you, but, in, but in the same okay. vote, you voted to hear it next Wednesday. Okay. So what you do is you vote in such a way that it looks like you're not voting against it. So but in two minutes ago, you voted... To, to hear about the item on the first, but you just publicly, this is what you don't want. You don't want Marcus or Adam Bass to come on and say, you vote against the bridge, it's a no-brainer. I want the bridge, but I want an opportunity to speak about it next week. So I'm very, so I was consistent in, 
I was consistent in my voting. Okay, that makes sense. So, what are your what are your what are your concerns about the bridge? Um, what, what what kind of concerns did you have? Like, I don't have concerns. I just have questions. So they're not concerns. They're, they're okay. questions. So we have a twenty one million dollar bridge that's going to that's going to be built that the MBT is paying for, and that's great. But wouldn't one expect just like be for some criticism about the city council not asking enough questions of people who are coming up for committees. And that's why Ms. Kavanaugh is coming back next week. Well, why wouldn't you ask questions about a major bridge that's going to be built? That doesn't mean you have concerns. I may have, I may ask a lot of questions and hear a lot of positive things, but why would I, why would I not want to discuss that? And that's the point. So someone shouldn't think you have concerns that are negative. I just want an opportunity to ask questions. And okay. I think that's what the people would want. My vote would be yes. But I was staying consistent in my voting because one person flipped. It was five to five, then it went six to four. Okay. And that's what happens on the council a lot. I'm just going to put it right out there. That's what happens. You don't want to seem like the person that voted against it so someone could say that you voted for it. And I'm worried when someone like Adam comes on and he, you, don't get, you, don't get this, you don't get this full story. Well, hey, that, any, that concerns me. You know, anytime you want to call on, uh, call in to give your perspective, Scott, I, I welcome it. So I appreciate, I appreciate you, uh, you bringing that forward. So, so, yeah. so basically, just you know, just again, there was a vote to put it on for a special hearing next week. That vote failed five to five, and there was a vote to basically just approve it. And that was someone from the from the the five flipped to to be the the majority vote to move sure. to move that to the mayor's desk, basically. Or to approve Absolutely. it more or less, and you didn't want to say, okay, well, I had questions, but I guess I'm going to forego those questions um, and, and and move it forward today. You you still wanted to maintain the fact that you still had questions. You felt like that that hearing was the right thing to do, and you wanted to move yeah. forward with it. Okay, yeah. So I want to move forward with it, but I was also staying consistent in my voting. I can flip my vote very simple, and then Adam Bass said Scott Lima voted for it. What's going to happen is they say voted against it, but you have to put everything into context. And hear the full story, and then if someone's really, you know, looking at this and thinking about this, then they then then they understand it's a principal thing, and I, I try to stay consistent with that. I'm going to okay. throw one other thing out there, and I just think that people want to force Josh Amaral's vote right through. I met with Josh Amaral when he was up for his appointment to the um, to the uh, Office of Housing Community House. Development. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm speaking quickly. Yeah, sure. I met with Josh at a time he had my full support, but there was. Something was going on that someone said, well, let's just prove him tonight. No, you, you, Josh is going to be, he's going to have an opportunity to come before the city council like anyone else should. So I'm very consistent. I voted for him. He always had my, he always had my um, support. But I, as a city councilor, want an opportunity to ask certain questions. So you thought that council that flipped their vote shouldn't have? No, I mean, people, people can do what they want. But what I want to do is, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm very forward, get ahead of the story. That's what I'm doing. People vote the way that they want, and I'm not making an opinion. But the facts are the facts are the facts. That's fair enough, Scott. I appreciate you bringing that forward. You did mention the Board of Health uh, being sent back to the uh, being sent back to committee because you had some questions on safe injection sites and uh, I believe parallel products. Can you talk? Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I didn't. Um, so that that Brian Gomes spoke on that, and I I supported him. So it's not. Um, it's not accurate to say, and you weren't there, so you don't know. No. It's not accurate to say that I wanted it to go back because of, no, I supported my colleague, Brian Gomes, who wanted to go back for two reasons that you just mentioned, and I'm supporting my colleague in that. So, um, but most counselors voted, uh, for, uh, voted for that, right? Yes. 
And was that it? Wasn't just because Brian? Uh, you know what? It wasn't even a voice. It wasn't a. Um, it wasn't a roll call vote. It was so everybody. Um, that, was, the voice votes basically. That means everybody from more or less. That was yeah. you didn't, yeah, you didn't need to then, roll call. Because then the question is: all those in favor, aye, and you oppose no, and no one was right. opposed. So right. I mean, it's, I think it's safe to say. So it wasn't that, just yeah, but it wasn't just like Brian's my buddy. I'm supporting Brian. You, do you yeah, have no, any? Do you have had, any concerns? He had a valid reason, and I support. I you know I support. I wish people had supported me in wanting to hear about the bridge at a special meeting next Wednesday, and and people did it, and that's fine. I understand that, and I supported Brian, my my colleague Brian Gomes and what he wanted. So we're all looking for support. I didn't get the support that I was looking for today on one item. That's fine. He got support that he was looking for something else. So supporting it's supporting uh, your fellow counselors wanting to get more information. Okay, that's fair enough, Scott. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. else that you um, that you wanted to leave for the audience on the uh, MBTA bridge bridge vote, or, or anything that happened in the council chambers tonight? No, nope. the only thing I'd like to leave people with is I absolutely positively support um, uh, the bridge. I'll, I'll, um, I'll my vote in the long run would always be yes, and um, that's it. I'll be meeting with the mayor tomorrow. You know, I'm going to discuss some things, but um, I absolutely support the bridge. My principal vote was not to just flip because you can you can very easily do that and um and then it all looks nice in the paper because when they say it was six to four was seven to three then you're on the positive side and and uh, but i'm I'm very for it so i just get stuff out there so i support the bridge and um that's that's to answer your question i appreciate that are you going to be at the um the ash street uh tour tomorrow Uh, i will all right cool great i'll i'll see you there all right Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was Ward 5 Counselor Scott Lima. I appreciate him calling in um, and getting his, getting his perspective on that. Again, one of the things I liked uh, about this show is we can get uh, officials calling in after the vote to, you know, better explain the um, the positions that they have. And uh, I appreciate it. It sounded very fair to me. So I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM. Introducing. Get breaking news alerts. Stream audio. Send us text messages and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. That was Ward 5 City Councilor Scott Lima. I'm actually going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break uh, again. I'll be right back, but 508-996-0500 so you can join us this evening. I'm going to take a break. Here's what's happening this week on... All right, we're here with Adam Bass. Adam. Good evening, Marcus. So you, you heard uh, Councillor Lima on. Um, you were at the city council meeting. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you saw. So it was a normal city council meeting, everyone getting things done. And first what happened was that uh, Councillor at large, Brian Gomes, he said, well, hold on. We want to wait. Uh, we want to go over certain concerns that we have for this bridge. The structure, just how safe things are. And Scott Lima, Ward 5 Councilor Scott Lima, agreed. And there was a vote. There was a vote 5 to 5. The councilors who voted yes for the special session for city council to have a discussion about that bridge was Lima, Gomes, Shane Burgo, Councilor Morad, and Naomi Carney. Carney switched her vote in the, in the second vote, which was to advance the bridge as is. And she said, you know, I want to see the bridge proceed and... I knew there wasn't going to be enough votes for a special session, so let's see it proceed. And that's really what happened. 
it, it there wasn't any drama. There wasn't any oh, we don't want this bridge to come. They do want this bridge to come because it's part of South Coast Rail. They just had they had questions that they wanted to ask. I remember talking to Councillor Morad, Council President Morad. She wanted to know about structure and just the safety, specifically about uh, if the bridge could stay up and mainly if it's steady enough. If the bridge could stay up, well, let me let me rephrase that. Mark. What you, what, as opposed to what? Well, she's talking Did about. Did you structure. think it'd be built out of Legos? No, I. It, let Is me, she an architect? She's a banker. I'm just saying that she <laughs> wanted to ask questions about the bridge's safety, and I think that's fair. All right. Yeah. If yeah, it's not. I mean. Asking questions about its safety, I suppose, is fair. I, I I feel like maybe you could have talked to. Does she has a weekly meeting? With, I mean, her in particular, she has this weekly standing meeting with Mitchell, and apparently, all that stuff about their lack of communication has been. This is not your. This is not anything you need to comment on. All right, so um, so that's okay. So that's what more I told you, and uh, you obviously heard uh, Councillor Lima's quote. Um, who else did you talk to? I talked to uh, Shane Burgo. He told me, and I quote, you know, he wants to see the bridge supported, or not supported. He supports the bridge. Mm -hmm. um, but he also felt that there was not enough time to review this. And he said, and I am not, I am quoting him, it felt like there was a gun to our head from the administration because there just wasn't enough time. Okay. And I asked him, you know, have you ever, you want to think about sitting down with Mayor Mitchell, maybe saying, hey, look, give us some breathing room. He said, you know, the administration is going to do one thing. We're going to have to do another. And, you know, I, I kept uh, asking him, you know, look, if this is a problem, you know, maybe you should talk about it. Having communications in government is important. And if you want to get things done, hmm. having a good back and forth could help. That's interesting. Any other observations? Okay, so in, and then the, there was a. Uh, Pam uh, Kavanaugh, we see your call in the line. We'll get to it. 508-996-0500. There was uh, uh, Pam Kavanaugh, who was the Board of Health nominee that was uh, passed through the city council last time, but then she was referred back now to committee. Um, That's correct. Okay. So this comes from concerns that Council at Large Brian Gomes has. Okay. Uh, he said that he was a little bit concerned that she didn't offer a straight answer on injection sites and parallel products. Now, okay. you know a lot more about parallel products than I do. And I will fully admit that. But it, it, the, the council agreed with that. I saw yeah. a lot of heads nodding, saying, look, uh, implying, look, you know, we need some more answers. We want to support this nomination, uh, Gomes said, but he wanted more clarity. Okay. So it was just those two things. Um, and it was a, it was. And it was a voice vote, which is what Lima told me. So it, they just... it was a voice vote. It wasn't a roll call vote. It was okay. everyone said I. No nays. Was um, was Kavanaugh there? Was there any? Uh, no, from Kavanaugh her? wasn't there. I did not see her at the hearing tonight. Um, <clears throat> I did see, however, um, a member from Verizon come in today to talk about some new uh, shared poles on Church Street, and that's okay. to basically have more electricity shared between NSTAR, which could not make the vote today, and Verizon. I, not not as much as interesting as a bridge, but a pole will do just fine. We're going to take this call. Good evening. Hello. Interesting. <laughs> Must have been a ghost. Yeah. But then again, well, this isn't Tim. Tim's show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to it. Uh, any other observations in the meeting? 
Well, yeah. Uh, for, for what I can tell, for such a meeting with a stacked agenda, this had 23 items on it. It was one of the shortest meetings I've ever been to. What yeah, they you were here before the 8 o'clock hour. Yes, that's true. In fact, you know, what they did was that they combined a lot. Like, one of the things when you're covering city council meetings, Marcus, is that, you know, everyone wants to go home. Yeah. It's kind of like going to a parent-teacher conference. They just want to get it over with. They want to go home. They want they want to go to bed. You know, it's a Thursday. We're so close to the weekend. So what they did is that they combined the votes. Uh, votes 11 through 12, or excuse me, 11 through 14 were all the same thing for the New Bedford Port Authority. And... They all they all just quickly went through that. They also had a letter talking about uh, Title Five for the uh, from the Department of it's the Department of uh, Environment Protections. There it is. DEP. DEP. Yes, I was thinking DPA, but that wasn't it. Um, and they are going to send a letter to some of their representatives representing New Bedford, such as Antonio Cabral and Paul Schmidt and uh, William Strauss, saying, "Look, Chris Markey." Oh, and Chris Markey, of course. How could I forget yeah. him? Uh, saying, look, Chris we don't agree with these new rules to rep- to replace our septic tanks yeah. that uh, em- uh, that give off less nitrogen yeah. in the air. There's a, there's not many um, septic systems in New Bedford, but... No, nice but there they- are Sprawny in, in um, uh, Dartmouth and Cushnet. You could see New Bedford as sort of the heart of this area, whereas, uh, this is going to sound a weird analogy... Dartmouth and a Kushnet are the ribs. So <laughs> if 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 that area Geographic is, geographically speaking, Fairhaven and Dartmouth are the ribs. Fairhaven and a Kushnet and Dartmouth and are the ribs. is kind of the head. It, it, it literally Yeah, the Kushnet is the head. But Freetown. Or, or the larynx if you want to get Free, Freetown and uh Kushnet are north and they're kinda of like the it's like a two heads. You know, if anyone listening tonight wants to make a cool graphic of the Bristol County man, I am all for it. <laughs> That's your job. You're a map guy. All right, Adam, thanks so much. Thank I need you. To go work.